Welcome to Conversations with the Black Girl Blogger podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. I did want to give a disclosure that today's topic is about drug dealing and street life. Um, It may not be appropriate for all audiences, but the content is amazing. The conversation was amazing, and I know y'all are still going to enjoy it. So we are here with one of my favorite cousins, um, BJ. And when I decided to have the podcast, um, I made a list of people that I wanted to interview, and he was at the top of my list. And when I contacted him about it, he was kind of shocked and didn't understand why I wanted to interview him, but he has such an amazing story to tell how you can beat the odds of being in a tough situation and coming out on the other side um, in a positive manner. So, BJ, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we're going to get right into it. I'm Benjamin Snipe, um, CEO of Owners Are Us, you know, um, smoke out, no doubt. I work at Kellogg's. I have my own business. Um, you know, I, I just uh, I buy houses, flip houses, renovate houses, and uh, I'm just striving to move forward. Now, do you have any kids? Yeah, I have six kids. Uh, you know, uh, they're all grown now. I got six kids, about five grandkids, and you know. Uh, and, and they're learning from the situation that I've been through. So I just thank God that I'm here to, uh, to show them a, a, another way. Exactly. That's right. So I, when we were younger, BJ, I always wanted BJ to be my big brother. Um, but they did move around a lot. So sometimes I didn't really get to see him um, as much as I wanted to. But where were some of the places that y'all moved around to? Well, I can say that. In Cumberland County, I think I lived everywhere in Cumberland County. But uh, when we moved to D.C., I think that was that was the one that uh, that got me lit. And when you say lit, like, what do you mean? Like, it kind of got you into some bad situations, or? Well, it introduced me to a whole other lifestyle. You know, we we lived in where. It was a lot like we were sheltered and it was country. And then to be on that side of where it was at, like, you know, when we moved to D.C., D.C. was murder capital, you know, and uh, it was a lot going on, drug dealing, uh, you know, uh, prostitution. I was in the mud, you know, and I tell people I come from the mud. So, you know, I definitely was in the mud. Yeah. With that being said, you know, I seen and took into the, 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 uh, you know, we was like in the 80s where the drug dealing was, it was it. It was, that's what you wanted to do. You you know, I I didn't want to play basketball no more. I didn't want to be like Jordan. I didn't want to be, you know, uh, playing football. 
I wanted to be in the streets where the money was at, where I knew my local celebrities were doing. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. It changed my whole train of thought. Have you ever seen The Wire? Oh, absolutely. So was it like that? Uh, D.C. and Baltimore is two different places. The Wire is really out of Baltimore, but yeah, it was somewhat like that. And, you know, uh, when when you look at uh, uh, those type of movies and and them type of shows, you know, you have to you have to realize that people really living like that. Yeah. So when when you look at that, you know, uh, it's 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 real life situations like that. So when when, when it was like that, it, it it was worse than that. You know. Got it. Okay. Because I remember coming to D.C. and visiting y'all, um, and your mom did not want me going anywhere with you. <laughs> so the only place, it was just me, you, and Trouble on that corner. And when y'all left the corner, yeah, and when, I left the, when y'all left the corner, I had to go back in the house. I couldn't go past the corner. So See, where we lived at, it wasn't that bad, but around the corner, it was popping, so you know, and that's what the big thing was, you know, you know, that would attract me to that because, like you said, my friend Trouble. That that that's crazy because his name was Trouble. Yes. Was, <laughs> so, but you know, he had a lot of older brothers, and uh, you know, the guys I was running with, Raphael and Stanley, who's at Northeast, uh, uh, DC, DC, and. They had older brothers, and a lot of their older brothers was getting killed at the time, too, because, like I said, it was murder capital. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't be nothing to go over there and be like, oh, so-and-so just died yesterday, but we were just hanging out with him that same day. So, you know, that's what really turned me on, and you know, into the, the, the drug scene, and, you know, that's what really opened me my eyes up to the drug scene. So when y'all moved back to New Jersey... Um, how did you kind of transition into like the, New Jersey, like in Cumberland County? Okay, so when when I went to uh, we came back to Jersey, and you know, I basically uh, I was looking for that outlet. You know, I was looking for the plug. You know, because I was hustling up there, and um, what happened was. A good friend of mine, uh, he said, "Let's go to Philly and, and we're going to get some uh, some bud." Okay. So that's what happened. So you know, and with that being taken, we uh, start going to Philly and we start uh, getting weed and, and bringing it back to uh, uh, Salem County, which would have been Norma and uh, Robinville, and start selling it. So from there. We moved to Ghoul uh, Town. Okay. And that's where, no, I can't say we moved to Ghoul Town. We moved to Violin. I'm sorry. We moved to Violin, and I started, I was in, I was right in the hood. Six and Montrose, man. Like, that's what it was. I was with the poppies, you know what I mean? And, I mean, as soon as they hit the, you hit the bricks, they was on you. You know, Perico Montega, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm at home. This is, this is, what, this is what I'm talking about. So, 
uh, uh, it was no blacks around there. The blacks was around the corner on Seventh Grade, and I lived in like Spanish Harlem at the time. So, <laughs> and the bottom is Spanish Harlem. I lived right there on the corner, Sixty Montrose. Anybody will tell you that's where it was at. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that being said. Uh, I started hanging with the blacks around the corner, and you know, um, we, we, we uh, a lot of blacks wasn't allowed on Sixty Mile so I was just one of the very few. And uh, you know, uh, I started you know hustling over there with the poppies, and and they introduced me to a whole new world, the Montega, and that would be called Hera. Oh, okay. And. You know, I took that from there, and uh, you know, uh, see, the, the hustling game, it, it, you you know, it's just it's progressing. You start learning this, you start learning that, you start dipping and dabbing, and this is it's just like going to school, learning how to write. Then you start, you, you learn letters, then you start putting the letters together to make words. It's the same thing, but you you but you're hustling. And you don't know what this is until somebody tell you what this is and what this does. You know, I started selling weed. I thought I was the man. I went from weed to uh, uh, selling crack and, and cocaine. You know, uh, you know, getting cocaine. I didn't know how to cook it up. So then when you learn how to cook it up, it's a it's a whole other ball game. Right. And when you, you start selling dope, you know, uh, 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 you start uh, buying bundles and then you start taking it to the table. What's taking it to the table is you start cutting your own product. And you put your own product out, then you graduate, you get higher in, in, in status. So you know this this is just the way anything goes in life. You're progressing. So at any of this time, like, are you a teenager now, or are you like in your twenties? Oh man, I was a teenager. I was uh, getting plenty of money as a teenager. Uh, no, I'm, I'm still a teenager. Like you know, we moved out Boo Town when I was 15 years old, and. Um, that's where that's where I you know I got my name Smoke out from, uh, and uh, I, I took it from there and and, and <laughs> it, it went on straight up to straight all the way up. Yeah. So how long how long did you make it before you got arrested? Uh, I got arrested when I was eighteen. My, God bless the dead. My mom used to tell me all the time they're gonna knock you off. You stood. You took the the charge for him. So now you like have kind of upped your status. Yeah, that that too with him, but that too. But like I said, you know, you keep your mouth shut, you know, and uh, you come home and see. Back then, it, it, it was a strict policy. It wasn't like it is now. You know, you, you didn't tell. 
the way yeah. these guys do now. So, you know, you held your weight. And, you know, the OGs took care of you. Yeah. You know, while you was in jail, you know, you went to jail and, 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 and you was part of his crew. You know what I mean? They send you money. You know, you didn't want for nothing. Now, it's, it's totally, the game has totally changed. And, you know, a, a lot of real guys that, that, that was in the game that's out, they're dead, locked up. So it's hard to teach the young ones the way, the right way to come up. Right. So through this this time, like you're 18, you get out of jail, you're on probation. Um, how far would you say that you moved through being like your own boss? Um, not not too much, you know. Uh, came home. Jump right back in the game, same cycle, you know, um, ma- making a shake, you know. And uh, at this time, uh, my name was had got grown, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I got more known. And uh, what happened was I had caught a, a, a attempted murder charge, and I was on the run for that. Okay. You know, what happened was I I, um, I knocked the guy out and owed me some money, uh, broke his jaw, knocked him out on his feet, and as he when he fell, he smacked his head against the rope. Okay. And and uh, they gave me a, a, a tip for that, you know, uh, and he was in a coma for maybe about six, seven months. So I was on the run. Got and, it. Um, uh, uh, and and when when this happened, uh, it kind of messed me up because I'm like, dang, man, like, uh, you know, I'm a I'm young man and I got attempted murder, and I mean, I, I could see by shotty, but I ain't, you know, I thought I was, you know, you know, you you you're not the personnel, you don't you don't get no attempted murder, you know, you might you might they might call the cops on you and and. and and you get a a, 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 a assault or something, yeah. Yeah, as long as you get a misdemeanor. But you know, when you know you talk an attempted murder, you know you're talking a lot of time, and you know. And um, so with that being said, I uh, went on the run, and that kind of threw me in the loop of a lot of different things because I'm I'm here, I'm there, and. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm meeting different people now. I'm going places that I wouldn't normally go. Yeah. You know, and, and dudes that, that heard of me and, you know, showed me the respect that I, I truly deserve. So, you know, I really start uh, plugging into different people. And this at this time, you know, um, the streets was, I was in the streets full-fledged. You know, um, um, my... Uh, my wife now was pregnant with my uh, my son, and uh, you know, and what happened was I get caught, mm. and when I got caught, uh, I got caught with drugs on me. Okay, and that really right there was like, okay, bam, I make bail because back then you could make bail on a, on a. Um, on a, uh, a violent charge. So I make bail. My sister uh, helped bail me out, trying to bail, bonding papers and stuff. And I came home. 
with a drug charge and attempted murder. Got so it, okay. The guy comes out of the coma and gets a little better, so the attempted murder is then dropped. And then, you know, this was all a blessing of God, you know. You know, and um and the drug charges I had got, you know, I did have a I, I was making plenty of money, so what happened with them was I got more probation mm. added to the probation that I already had. And, you know, a lot of my charges as a young man, you know, back then when you had a couple dollars, you can do that. Yeah. You know, just add, add more probation on, add more probation on. So right now, I was about maybe about 19 at the time, you know, and I come home from there. Uh, my wife, uh, which was my girlfriend, then she goes to the shelter, and uh, you know she had to get a. Uh, she ended up getting a, a house in Bristol Village. Okay. Now, as I tell you this story, we moved to Bristol Village. This is when it's on me. I'm coming out of Gould Town, up under the OGs that I was raised around in Town, and I'm, I'm kind of finding myself in the game. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm in Bristol, which was a town, a city over from Town. Now, Town was country, but there's a lot of money out there. And when we moved to Bristol, it's like a whole other world. Now, I knew guys all through Bristol because I used to go through there. You know, I, I knew them all, basically, but to be out there in the city now to, and, and with my hustling mentality, it was it was the inevitable to blow up. Right. So I got with uh, uh, one of the OGs named, uh, uh, God bless his soul, you know, he had passed away, uh, uh, Frank White. And he showed me a lot in the game. And uh, I, I get hooked up with him. He's my neighbor. He's a boss. Boom. Hey, let's go. We get out there. We start handling business. And, uh, you know, uh, and he was telling me, you know, one day, uh, stop buying your drugs already cooked up for you. He said, cook your own drugs and you get your own extras. And I didn't understand what you were saying. I said, what are you saying? Like, uh, what you, I, I didn't know how you, I, you know what I mean? Because I would always buy it already cooked up. Mm-hmm. And he said, once you cook it up, you make more money. You know, you can cut it your, your own way. <clears throat> so I said, you know what? Mm. He showed me. Showed me a few times I got it. Then I just started buying cocaine powder off of him. And with, when I say that, you know, it just took me to a whole nother level. It took me to a whole nother status yeah. in the, the drug game because I'm cooking my own stuff, I'm buying <laughs> powder, and I had a, a a good friend of mine, I won't say his name, but he would go to New York for me. I started going to New York, getting my own powder, and I had a good friend of mine where he had a plug up New York. And he would go to New York, and I would get ounces at that time for six fifty. And uh, at, with that being said, 
I, t- I took it all the way up to a whole nother level with that. I'm, I'm cutting my own stuff. I'm taking one ounce and turning to one ounce and a half, sometimes two ounces. <laughs> like, it, it was whatever I wanted to do. Then I, I moved up in weight, moved up in status, you know, and, 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 and so on, so on. And, and, and so that's where I really started progressing as my own boss, coming into my my own territory of being smoke mm-hmm. out and i would uh throw parties i would buy pounds of weed and you know that's when i started getting really popular now i remember coming home from college and uh <laughs> you had like a block party and thinking back i was i mean i was protected because i knew you but i'm like walking around people are talking to me i'm like i'm just looking for bj BJ, I'm like, I'm looking for a smoke out. Oh, you smoke outs, fam. Come on. I got you. I got you. Like, everybody was so nice to me. I, like, finally caught up with you. And it was, like, surreal. Like, we're just standing in the middle of this, like, block party just sitting there, like, talking. And it just seemed so fake. But it was, like, everybody was coming up to you. And, like, I had no idea what you were doing, like, at all. Well, you know, at that time, like I said, I, I you know, everybody knew me. I, I was, I was, you know, I was a party on wheels. I made money. I, I was, I, I wasn't a stingy dude, and um, you know, it was love. Then at that time, it was all love. You know, you didn't have to worry about nobody robbing you back then because you had a certain type of dudes with a, from cut from a certain type of cloth. Yeah. You, everybody wasn't a shooter. Everybody wasn't trying to rob you. You know, you, you didn't rob people back then because you was making your own money. Right. So with that being said, you know, I mean, you had a handful of guys that would run around doing that type of stuff, and, and they was about their business then. You know, they didn't go to jail and be a punk. You know, a lot of these guys now, they, they do certain stuff, you, they, they shoot people, Then, but then you got to go to jail, and then, you, you know, you, 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 you're, you're in different situations. You're in, you, you're, you're in uh, protected custody and them type of things. So, you know, that's what it is now. But then, you know, like I said, you've seen the love that, that was, uh, it was truly genuine. And we, we, everybody had a good time. Everybody... It was love then. So, yeah. You know. So uh, at the height of your street life, what do what would you say was like the the amount of money you were making? Like at the height. Uh, I I, I really wasn't making. Uh, uh, I spent a lot of money more than I made a lot of money. But let's just say I, I counted a million dollars three times. You know, we call that a ticket in the hood. So, you know, I had a ticket to get out of the hood, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm making a lot of money, but, you know, uh, between, you know, all my kids and, 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 and uh, it was just crazy, you know. So <laughs> I, I really couldn't put a, a number on that. Okay. So now you're, like, in Bridgeton. Um <laughs> You're making a lot of money, spending a lot of money, just love all over the city for you. Um, did you stay in Bridgeton or did you move somewhere else? Well, what happened was I had got so hot that 
the cops couldn't stand me and they hated me and they was going through uh they were breaking the law to uphold the law so uh i read something that said when you break the law to uphold the law that is no law right so uh i, I noticed that and i seen it and I just, you know, I said, let me get out of a, a mill because they tried to get somebody to set me up that I knew I would sell to with no questions asked. Mm-hmm. And he came to me and he said, hey, what she, what she's out the game right now. So, you know, he came to me and said, hey, uh, you know, it was uh, the cops was named Skip and Caldwell. He said, Skip and Caldwell wanted me to come by an eight ball, which is, you know, an eight of uh, crack from you. Mm-hmm. And I said, you you sure they said me? He said, yeah, they tried to get me to come buy it off of you and set you up. So when he said that to me, all red lights and red flags went off like, oh, they ain't playing fair. Now this God was a, 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 a made God. And if he wouldn't have set me up, I would have been set up. And yeah. it would have been that simple. So, you know, what I did then is, well, you know, uh, I remember watching God bless them. My mom took me to see Harlem Nights. And <laughs> I remember when he told Quick in that movie, we got to pack up and leave. And that's what I basically told my crew. I said, we got to pack up and leave. They're playing dirty. They tried to get a, 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 a made per- man to come set me up for something little as an eight ball. And, and, you know, I said, you know, it's time to leave. And that's when <clears throat> I told uh, uh, I moved to Millville. Okay. You know, uh, that was just, it was just crazy at the time. Plus, I had to go anywhere. What happened was I got raided in the projects. Mm-hmm. So we got kicked out of the projects. So we moved into the house. And I got raided at the house a couple times. But they could never find nothing. So now they're playing dirty. So I said, let me get out of here while they're getting this good. Yeah. So I went to Millville and started up a whole new empire. Okay. So in Millville, do you feel like it was the same thing with the police, though, that they were targeting you after a while? Oh, absolutely. I mean, once your name get out there and... uh, they're gonna they're, they're gonna come at you. They're gonna send people at you. But like I, at this time, I was a lot older. I was a lot wiser. And I mean, I got my house kicked in in Millville maybe four, five, six times. So and back then, you know, around our way, we didn't have uh, so much of blocks. You know, you, you do have blocks, but I would sell right at the house. Like I, everything was a go. Yeah. And I would pump right at the house, so it didn't even you know uh, that was my spot. You know, I didn't have to go to nobody else's spot. You know, you came here, I know you want to buy from me. So, you know, I would pump right out the house. And <clears throat> what happened was every time they kicked the door in, they wouldn't find nothing. You know, or they would find something and somebody else take the charge for me. And they were, uh, I, I, I wouldn't go to jail. Yeah. So they got real fed up real quick. And, you know, um, what happened was I got raided. I was home. I came home after doing a, a three flat, and um, 
I said, Dad, they done raided me. And I was only home for like three months, I think. And I was stressed out. And I said, you know, this is, uh, I got to do something. Because I'm home. I was home three months. I get raided. I got a new charge. So, you know, uh, that I'm fighting. Uh, uh, my nephew uh, uh, said he would take the charge for me. And, you know, but they were still pinning the charge on me. Yeah. So, if you know anything about the law, he would have to sign an affidavit to saying that the charge is that the drugs was his that was found in the property and they were giving him a hard time with it and it was just it was it was dragging on so that's when i said i made up my mind uh, you know i was listening to uh i'll never forget it i was listening to jim jones i was laid on the floor over uh, my wife cousin house uh shoddy and we, we was telling me, yeah, this, this, uh, uh, this Jim Jones dude, uh, the dip set, they, they the guys. And, uh, you know, I was just laid on floor. I, I smoked a, 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 a fat butt, and, uh, and I was laying on the floor. And then uh, the song called uh, My Emotions Aside, They Can Never Take Me Alive. I'm a ride, but no cry. Because mama raised her up a thug. And when you're sitting there in front of the judge, he can never take you alive. So when that song came on, and I heard that, that took me to a whole nother level. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to take over this side of Memphis. Mm. <laughs> and with that being said, that's what I did. Yeah. And I took over the south side of Melville, and it was a game changer. Definitely was a game changer. So through that, you now have like a whole side of Millville um, that you're kind of controlling. How do you think that, um, like, do you think that that put an even bigger target on your back now? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But was it a police target or was it like other people in the neighborhood target? Well, you know, at this time, when I decided to do this, let me let me tell you, I, I had nothing. I told you, I was on the floor. I had nothing. Yeah. And I was broke, didn't know how I was going to pay the bills to get, because, uh, uh, pay my rent or nothing. Like, I had nothing. So, what I, I became, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a hustler by nature. And, uh, I wouldn't even say, uh, so much of a, a, a hustler, but that, 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 that motivated me to do whatever I needed to do to hit the next level. And, and I, what happened was I, uh, I brought other people in. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I got on, I said, you know what? To, to, to keep the hate down, to keep the hate down, I bring them in. Okay. And that's what I do. You know what I mean? If everybody's eating, nobody can be mad. Right, they yeah. You have no reason to be mad. You have no reason to hate on me. And that's what I did. You know, everybody on the South Side and those that wasn't from the South Side, I brought them in too, to a certain point. 
Yeah. You know, but I let everybody on the south side eat with me. So how long were you controlling the south side of Millville before you then get start getting raided again? Well, they would come down there. What, what happened was, when I went to prison, I learned the law. Mm-hmm. And see, when you, when, you, when you put a, a book in front of a black man, and he started learning things, <laughs> yeah. he become more dangerous. He's more dangerous than ever. What happened was, I went down prison and learned the law, and um, I was, I knew the law. Yeah. So, and I would post it all. When they would pull me over, I would hand them my ID and try to search, and I would quote the law to them. You know, 96 dash, that, that, that said, you can't do this and that. And they'll look at me like, oh, this is the nigga that learned something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and that's what I would, you know what I mean? And I would tell my guys that they can't do certain things. You know, you, you, you have to learn the law in order to fight the law. Right. And, and, with, and with that being said, that's what I did. You know, like when you go down prison, a lot of these young guys, they, they're they into basketball. They want to watch sports. They want to watch the videos. And, you know, but when I was, at my time going down prison, I was, I was hanging with real, real, real made men. Yeah. You know, and I call them made men because they would fight their cases and they, 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 anybody had time to play games in prison. You know, and, and that's what it was. You know, uh, you had a lot of guys that go down to the law library. So, I mean, I, you know, at a young age, I learned that. You get up and you go down law library and you start reading case law. You start uh, picking through your case. You start seeing what they did and, and what they, uh, you know, what they couldn't do and what they did. You know what I mean? And, and, you, and you start bringing this to the fact to your, your public defender because you didn't have enough money to get a lawyer, you know, uh, and, and, you know, but at this time here, you know, I already had my lawyer paid for at this time, you know, from learning from past mistakes, you know. I didn't go run out and buy clothes. I went and paid for a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, before I went and bought my clothes and stuff. So, you know, the, everything changed because, I, like they say, you're seasoned. Mm-hmm. You're a vet now, you know. So I knew what to do and what not to do. So, and that's what frustrated those police so, so much. So what happened was I did have, I got caught up, like I told you earlier, when I came home. And this is around, I would say 2000, 2006. And, uh, I got caught up with the, the, with the cases that I told you. And, I, and, uh, I had to go back to prison. It was no way around it. Yeah. Uh, with my record and everything. But I got a good deal. I paid a lot of money for my lawyer. And he said, you know, we're going to knock this probation off you. We're going to get everything ran concurrent. And uh, uh, that's what happened. He got me a deal. I had to do two years, which was nothing to me. I really wasn't worried about the time. But, you know, I, this was a, a, the height of my hustling career. Yeah, you know, and, and I gotta go do time. So I was sick about that. I had enough money to put away to uh, to be financially established, and I had to go do two years. I had a four with a two, two year mandatory, and I, you know, 
I, and it was time to turn in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I threw a three-day party, and uh, <laughs> I, I paid my lawyer enough time. I mean, I got to kept getting it postponed, 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 and, you know, till the judge got tired, and he said, you know, uh, today it's time to pay the pipe. <laughs> yeah. Let me get those words. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the family was going to Virginia that day to uh, see Cousin Jean, God bless her, did. And uh, my mom said, don't worry, you'll be home soon. And I went and turned myself in. Okay. So during that time, as I was locked up, um, I'd be, uh, I, like I said, you know, guys see who got money in there. And, uh, you know, I come in there, I, I go to the county. And uh, basically doing what I want in the county. So, you know, I had a good job. I could move around. I'm selling cigarettes. I'm, I'm smoking weed. I'm doing whatever I wanted in the county. You know, because uh, I knew a lot of, of the officers, you know. You know, you give them a couple dollars and, and they do what you ask them to do. Yeah. So, they got me out of there fairly quick. And uh, I go down to the, to, to the prison now and... Um, at this time here, I I uh I was introduced to a whole other world in, in in prison this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things changed. You know, it wasn't the God bodies and, and, and the Muslim that was ruling running things. It became Bloods and Crips. Okay. And this is when I introduced I got introduced to the Blood world. And I became my power And that opened up a whole other door. I made new connections. And, you know, uh, from up north Jersey. And, and uh, it was it was a crazy time. And uh, with that being said, I came home. And when I came home, I came home with a different status. I came home with a, a, a new me. Yeah. And... I was still that guy, and before I went to see my parole officer, I went to go see the plug, and the plug was with me. You know, he was with me 110%, and it, it just became something bigger and better, and it really, I really became into the blood world. Got it. Okay. I, uh... I flew my big homie out here from California, and uh, I really got in tune with the with the movement. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, you know, now all the South Side became power. Got it. I was power. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I had an army behind me. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. And. With, with that came the more money and more power. And yeah. that opened up a whole other realm to me. Yeah. It got things got really, really crazy because now we gangbang. Not only we get money because, uh, you know, like, uh, I wasn't one of those guys that, 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 that uh, folded easy. Or, you know, I stand for something. 
and you know, ten toes down. So now we get it's a whole bunch of money behind us, and we got back home. So that's where that was. Yeah. So now through this, um, when does when do things start taking a turn where you end up in jail like for an extended period of time? I came home in uh, 07. No. I came home in 09. Now, let me mind you, I, I never had a real run in the streets. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, I go hard. When I come home, I go hard. You know, and what happened was I came home in 09 and I got locked back up. And Oh, 11. Okay. Uh, around, I almost made it, I almost made it three years, but I didn't quite make it the three years. Uh, um, a couple months off, three years, I did knock off in all 11, and the feds come get me, and that opened up, like I said, another new, a whole new realm of, 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 of people, and um, I'll go to the feds. You know, it, it was it's a bit it was big thing. You know, it was a big thing. Uh, it came, got me in the helicopter. And, you know, and I didn't realize what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't realize. Okay, we going out to these bars. We buying out the bars. You know, I got everybody looking good. You know, I didn't realize how much power that I had. Right. You was just living. Time. Right, you know, and people would tell me that, like, yo, you're the man now, like, you know what I mean? You know, uh, you couldn't come up and really shake my hand, you had to be searched, and, you know, I grabbed, uh, uh, grew to the status of triple OG, mom, pop, rule, and it was just, you know, and, and I'm still thinking, like, no, I'm just regular me. Yeah. And I wasn't, and, and them people didn't treat me like that. You know, they, when they came, got me, you know. They ran down on the whole south side, and, you know, luckily, you know, God do things for a reason. And I can tell you this, I don't even know when the feds, I never, I never read a case where the feds had anybody under investigation only for three months. And that was a blessing for me because both of my uh, uh, connections that got killed. Mm. And with that being said, I didn't have a plug at the time. So I was scrambling to get work, you know, but I had enough money where I could just sit back and chill. And that's when they ran down on me because I had met a, a, a accountant and he was telling me ways to make money without the drugs. And I brought that to the table to my, with my homies. Like, everybody eats with me, you know what I mean? Everybody got to eat. So, uh, I brought the table, I brought that to the table with the homies, and, you know, we were about to go corporate on them. Uh, the, 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 uh, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with that being said, they, uh, I, uh, I went and uh, bought that to the table with the homies, and then, you know, I was getting out the game. It, w- it was a wrap. And they came got me. 
they listened to my phone calls and they came got me. Got it. Okay. So when you got arrested, you were in a helicopter. Yeah, they came, picked me up, snatched me up, uh, took me to Camden, uh, and well, they kidnapped me. What I say. <laughs> and the rest is history like you know um, I went to the feds which they couldn't give me what they wanted to give me with that was another blessing uh, but they tried to get me with racketeering mm-hmm. but being though you know like I said I was seizing the big homie seized me to not make no calls which was I never told nobody to go kill nobody. I never told nobody to to do no harm to nobody, you know. Uh, and I would I wouldn't deal with the homies on the drug level. I would deal with other other people, you know. And uh, with that being said, that saved me from the racketeering charge that uh, they were trying to, to get me, and it dropped down to conspiracy. And you know I. I uh, I went to jail, I went to the feds, uh, started off at uh, Big Sandy, level seven penitentiary. And then to, uh, I ended up going to uh, Cumberland, that's a medium. Then I went to Fort Dix to a love. And uh, uh, came home from there. Well, when I went to the low, it was, uh, I got able, I was able to, uh, talk to a, diff- a lot of different people because in, in the pen you can't really uh, it, everything is segregated and when I mean segregated you can't, the whites don't fool with the blacks and the Mexicans and, and, and so when I went to the medium it was a little bit better but when I went to the low it, it, it was uh, I was able to talk to the people and learn things mm-hmm. and when I what I learned, you know, I asked the right question to really set up an LLC. This is where I learned to buy houses and uh, flip them and, and, and uh, you know, start a company that I can make a uh, profit with. Yeah. Yeah. So how long were you in federal prison? I did about uh, seven years. Okay. So from, I mean, obviously, like, the federal level and the regular prison is different, but um, what do you think was, like, in that seven years, what do you think changed you the most? Uh, going to the pen, being around men that was never good guys, that was never coming home. Yeah. And that woke me up to the fact where I got to do something different. So I went and got my GED, and I said, you know, when I come home, I'm going to go to college. And that really woke me up because a lot of good men that's not coming home, and the charges really wasn't that serious. Yeah. And I thought I was dead, you know? So when you get out, what does that process look like? Like, was it different from getting out of regular prison? Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
my uh, my train of thought was totally different. I came out with my feet running. I, I, I mean, I came home. I knew what I wanted to do. I had a plan set. So that tells you a lot right there. And uh, I was, like I said, I was around a lot of good men. And I had everything written out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do. And that was the biggest step for me to change my life. Yeah. So I remember you telling me that you, when you got out, were you on probation or you were just out? No, uh, I'm I'm actually still on, on federal probation. Yeah, because I remember you said <laughs> the judge asked you how how was it that you were the age that you were and you never had a job. That was a a, a, a big thing because why would I work if I'm making <laughs> right? <laughs> he was like, you say he, that man was like, how is it possible you never had a job? And, and, and that that that's so true. And you look at it, and, and he was shocked, but I wasn't. Yeah. Because uh, I'm looking at myself as an entrepreneur. I'm living the American dream. My bills are paid. I'm living good. You know, <laughs> I'm hood rich. Well, I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. So uh, that 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 kind of uh. That, he was really shocked. It does really shocked that, uh, about that. But you know, this is what uh, none of my, my my guys had jobs. None of uh, you know, it, it, it was this. Why would I work for you when I can get money on the street? Yeah. You know. So. So what that, was that, your first official job, and how old were you? Uh, I would say. My first official job, I, I, I did, I, uh, I would have to say Omni Bakery. Okay. And I might have been about 30, maybe about uh, 40, 38, 40, something around there. So that was your first, like, tax-paying job. Right. Got it. Okay. So you get out. You're working at the bakery. Do you go right into school or do you kind of work a little bit to figure out like a game plan with school? Like, how did that work? Well, I was working at the, I came and I got that job at the halfway house. And my plan was to work at the end job for two years. Okay. Because that's what you got to, you got to do to to buy a house and, 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 the people that look at you as stable. So I said, you know what? I'm stuck here for two years. And it was a hard job. And, um, but at that job, uh, I, I, you know, I had to study, you know, a paycheck. And then I said, you know, it's time to start going to school. So, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Mutah Wakil, he was going to, uh, school itself. And he was like, yeah, you better go up there and help me fill out on financial aid paperwork and stuff because mm-hmm. that's a whole never monster and uh i jumped right into it it was no time to be playing games you know I, I i opened up my company and i wanted to stick to that plan so maybe about maybe i came home maybe about six months and i jumped right into school good 
And then, so you're you're in your classes, you start your company. How do you get clients now um, for your your business that you have? Oh, this that was crazy. That was crazy because you know I I, I still had a lot of uh, respect in the hood. Mm-hmm. So every, every I would tell guys, look, I'm, I'm I'm in the buying houses now. I'm trying to get into these houses and and. and and flip these houses and stuff. And, you know, it's hard because, like, I'm working a regular job, I'm going to school, and I'm trying to figure out how can I get into this business? How can... Now, I know how, but the thing was, how do you get into business with, without the money? Now, I was taught the hard money lender way, you know, but then I not... You, See, when people tell you stuff and teach you stuff, you have to go through it to see exactly what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? And the, the, I didn't know that they're called points. So you got to have the money for the points that the hard money lender is willing to lend you. You know what I mean? So you got to at least have 15000 to even deal with a hard money lender getting in the game, you know? And then you want to flip the house. You, they, they fund you the money to fix the house, and you flip the house. And, and then you they get their money, and then you keep the profit. So now, with this saying being said, I'm working, we're struggling to pay, you know a, a, a regular job. I'm working mad hours. I'm going to school, so I just couldn't figure out how was you know I'm saving you know I'm saving every penny that I can save. I couldn't figure out how could I get this this money up to get into this this housing market. And I'm walking around Millville at the time. The housing market was bummed out, and the houses was going dirt cheap. I'm talking about dirt cheap, but they had to be fixed up. So I didn't even have the money to buy a, a, a $12,000 house at the time. I, I, I was, you know, I'm just trying to find my way. Yeah. And uh, 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 I'm. One of my good friends came to me and said, hey, they're selling the house for $300. I said, get out of here. They ain't selling no house for no $300. He said, yeah, I'm telling you, there's a sign on the house. They say $300. I said, take me to it. Now, at the time, I don't even have my license or nothing. We walked down here. And they said $300 on the house. So I'm looking at the house. I call the people. And they said, well, you know, we want uh, $3,000 down and you pay us 300 a month. But you buy the house as is. Mm, okay. So they send me the, the lock code on the house. The house is terrible. When I tell you terrible, it's terrible. <laughs> Big old holes in the ceiling, I mean, in the roof, where it, it rained for years, and it's mildew, rot. Everything in this house was, uh, says, uh, 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 keep it walking. Mm-hmm. But, I said, I got the $3,000 to put down. I got the know-how how to do this house to get this house fixed. And I had a vision. I thought about it. 
and thought about it. And I said, you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to buy this house and I'm going to fix this house up. I'm going to fix this house and this is going to be my first property. Yeah. <laughs> and I called them and they uh, they sent me the contract over you know, the phone and everything. And it was, a, a they call it a, a lease to sell. Yeah. And that was my first house. And, you know, I, I, God bless that I, I got our cousin Pancho to come over there and look at the house. And he said, you know, it, it, we can fix it. I said, you think we can fix it? Because I, you know, I had some money saved up. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, how much you think it'll cost to, to, to get this, this house up and running? He said, maybe about 7000 And, you know, I had, a, you know, I had maybe about five, six thousand saved up. And I said, well, the way I work, I'll go in and, and uh, I'm going to get this house and fix it. And I got the house. And we started working on it, you know. I went in there, I started cutting it out and everything. We had to put a new roof on it, and I ran out of money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that was hard for me. I, I mean, I, I like I, I came to a standstill. Yeah. And what happened with that was okay. I said, how can I? this. So what I did was I stopped paying rent where I was at. Mm-hmm. And I started using my checks that I was paying rent with to fix that house. Yeah. So, and I mean, when I tell you I had to fix this house, I mean, I had to put new electric lines in it. And, you know, I got a, I got a couple good guys that knew how to to do this stuff, and they, and they blessed me doing it dirt cheap. And, you know, I, a couple guys ran off with my money, and, you know, I had to hop them down, you know. <laughs> and, and, but I, long story short, we get in this house, and everybody in this in the neighborhood, everybody rolled past this house saying that this house was straight, uh, uh, thought, thought they were going to tear it down. And I made that house gorgeous yeah i made that house a statement that said that it can be done yeah and with that statement bought other jobs other people wanted to go hey you did that house there Uh, and that opened a lot of doors for me as in uh uh my reputation is starting to change because he's not just the guy who was a big time drug dealer. Right. He came home and he's do he really doing houses. And that that got me a lot of, of business. That house was a statement to say it could be done and I did it and that opened up a lot of doors for me. That's amazing. So did you move into the house or did you rent it? Like what did you do with it? Oh, you know, at, at now we go from paying eight seventy five a month to three hundred a month. Yeah, <laughs> I moved in that month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smart move. And when we moved in the house, uh, oh man, 
it, you know, it was a beautiful feeling. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it was a goal accomplished. Yeah. And my five years of goals that I had written down on paper, one was accomplished. And that was getting my first property. And my, my, uh, my goals was to have, you know, six to seven properties time I get off of pro, uh, federal probation. And uh, I, I didn't quite make my goal, but I see the progress. And that's so much important to see progress in what you're trying to do. You know, that's very important. You just can't set a goal and just set a goal and sit there. You got to make steps to your goal. You know, by me walking by that house and saying, oh, I want this house, I want a better house, you know, it's not no progress being made. Right. And when it showed other people that I was trying to make progress. I even bought my parole officer over there. I told her, hey, I I bought a house. uh, She came over there, she looked at it, and she said, why would you do something like this? But she seen the vision and when when it was done. Yeah. She said, I'm so proud of you. I can't believe that this house looks like the way it does. And for your parole officer to tell you that, that that that's, that, that that boosts your confidence 110 percent. And you know, I was going to school, and and my goal was to uh, really get houses and and turn them into sober living houses. That was my that's what was my you know, and I'm still working on that right yeah. now. And that was my goal, you know, because I'm going to school for. Uh, my, my uh, sociology degree, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I want—I really wanted to give back to the people that I helped destroy their lives with the drugs, you know, and that was my goal. Yeah, and, and I'm still—I'm still, you know, I'm still working on that. But at uh, at the end of the day, for her to tell me that, that really boosted my confidence, and you know, I was gun help. So I uh, we move into the house. And I'm paying 300 months. I'm able to save money, uh, and, and it's just unbelievable. Then I get a, uh, I leave the bakery job that I'm in, and uh, I said I gotta do something better. Yeah. And I, I put an application at, at Kellogg's, and somebody was telling me about this job. A good friend of mine, uh, Alan, a friend Alan Nobles. He told me about this job in 2017, him and his wife, Naya. And I said, I don't have my license and stuff. I I don't have a quick car. And I stayed at the bakery. Mm -hmm. I put the application in again. And, I mean, they called me back. And and I got the job. Yeah. And that, that that was a game changer for me. That was a game changer. I'm working there right now, and I went from making 11.45 to 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 19 to getting high, making what? No, I started off at 16.50, and that's a big jump. Yeah. 11.45 to 16.50, and uh, I did. I'm, I I I never looked back since, and I'm still moving forward. I love it, and you know I. The reason why I really wanted you to to come on my show was um, 
these this your story to me is like an anomaly you know there's not a lot of people who go through what you went through and then come out on the other side with a plan and execute the plan and is successful but what do you think was the difference for you that a lot of people that were in your situation didn't have like do you think it's a mindset thing do you think um like the system did they help you at all while you were in prison or it's just strictly your own mindset well let me talk about this. the system is not built to help blacks okay the system is, is there for you to keep going through the system right this is way it's made and uh if you not if if you if your mindset is not changed to wanting to change mm-hmm then you 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 you're gonna repeat and repeat and repeat and go through the system because that's what the system wants you to do. The system wants you to get out and come back. Right. You know, that's where the jobs were built to do. That's why in New Jersey it's mostly prisons. That's why in in, in, in the prisons it's mostly blacks because it's built against us. Right. And to know that and to see that and to live that. You have to want to change. You have to want better for your future generations. And see, that's what changed my whole mindset when I started learning and, and asking the right questions, wanting to be not around the gangbangers, but the guys who was coming in for uh, uh, laundering money, stealing. I, I was I was down with a, a good guy named Mr. Lenny, and he said, you know, I didn't come in to buy houses and flipping houses knowing that I was going to steal these people's money. That was never my intention. Yeah. And he said, I would never teach you how to do that. What happened is he lied and said, hey, uh, your stocks is okay when they were really going down. Yeah. You know, and that's that, that's a charge, you know, and and. So I got with those type of guys, and they taught me so much, you know, uh, with my credit. I never knew nothing about no credit. I didn't even know how to write a check. Yeah. <laughs> I, learned this, I learned this from around good guys. See, what happened was they came in, and they said, you know, we're going to open up a class. Now, these are other prisoners. These guys would make a class, and they would say, come on in here and sit down, and, and uh, I'm going to do a class every day. And that's what happened. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go check these guys out and see what these classes they talk about. You know, and they would get the uh, counselor, the, the runoff papers, and and, and and they would make these classes up just for something to do. Because we were so bored yeah. when we uh, went to Philly. And, you know, you're sitting on that, that, that chair all day. And it was so bored. So you, why not learn something? Yeah. That's where I, I started trying to get my GED, you know. And uh, why not try to better yourself? So I said, you know what? I mean, uh, I'm going to this class, and I'm going to check this thing out. And I, at, so I start talking to the guys, and, uh, you know, they, they taught me a lot. They, they really taught me a lot. And when you learn something, you're doing the time. When you're taking that time out, that you, 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 that that's ample, and, and, you, and you turn it around, for something positive that I learned something. My thing is, and I do that right now that I'm home, is my thing is I want to learn something every day. I want every day, every 
hour to be uh, valuable to me. I wanted something positive done every day of my life. Yeah. And as long as I can do that, I'll be all right. Now, do you think that... Because in other countries, like, jail is really for rehab. Like, rehabbing you from whatever issue you ended up in jail for. Um, so, it's it looks a lot different than our system in, in some of the um, more developed countries. What do you think would change our system? Like, do you think giving people classes and, you know, really doing um, some transitions back into... The real world, like, do you think those things would help people that are in prison to acclimate to being out? Well, they, 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 what, what happens is they, they, they give you these fake classes at the halfway houses, and, you know, you just sign the paper and, and you're good, and they're not really trying to help you. you okay. know? And that's where we go back to your fake I mean, so with that being said, you know, um, uh, there's there's nothing that you can give a person if they don't want it. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter, you know, if if if, if it's there and it, you could put it there, and then you got guys that's gonna want it, and some guys that don't want it. So you know, I think personally that they can do a better job at the things they say they do because they're getting a lot of funding right. for this stuff, and they're not doing their job, you know? A lot of them prison classes, you can come right in there and sign a paper and and, and, and say that you was there, and they'll get funding like you, like, like you uh, learned something. Right. And you learned nothing, you know? How can you... I went to a... a, a, a and, and I was in Big Sand. And they, they had a truck driving class. They hand you a, a paper pamphlet, you know, or uh, the pamphlet together, you know. But fuck, if there's no truck there. <laughs> so you were trying to get learn how to drive trucks with no truck. Yeah, uh, the, the book tell you. I read the book. I passed the test. And 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 you know what they're gonna say? Hey, we we had. Uh, 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 1,500 inmates take this uh, truck driving class and they passed it. So, you know, we, we're doing our job to try to rehabilitate you. Mm. But how can you rehabilitate me when you ain't never teach you how to drive a truck? I never drove a truck before. I don't know what uh, 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 I got to walk around. I mean, I read the book and I, do, I know what the book tells me to do. Right. But you got you know, you, you to learn to do it. And that's the whole thing. You know, you got to be able to take you and try to make something better. Right. So technically, do you have a CDL to drive a truck? No, I don't have a CDL to drive a truck. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know if they like actually gave you like a CDL, like to say, hey, because you know how people can get like a forklift license or whatever certification. Right. Um, to drive those types of things, so it wasn't that it was just them saying you passed this course and that was it. Right. Okay. Right. And, and even uh, they, you know they got forklift certifications there and stuff, but, but it, uh, I was on the street and I took my forklift certification, and uh, the uh, the feds paid for it. Did my parole officer? I think this would be helpful for you. 
So I go up there and get the forklift certification. And guess what? All I did was read the video, read the piece of paper, and he showed a backup and lift this up and put it on back of the truck. And now I'm certified. I drove a forklift. I, I still, you know, I drive a forklift now because my job trained me how to drive a forklift. But it, it, you know, I got a certification. But you know, they just got money. Right. That's crazy. And that is what they do. Like, they throw out these numbers and saying people are getting all these certifications and they're doing all this stuff. But, yeah, you don't, I mean, for us, we don't know what that certification class looks like. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and it, it's crazy that you say that because a lot of uh, upper echelon people that I was locked up with couldn't believe that that was happening to them. And they said, oh, I never thought this was like this. And, you know, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Welcome to the black man world. <laughs> yeah, because you hear all these stories and, you know, people are like, oh, they give them classes and there's people who get their GEDs in jail and then they come out with, like, you know, all these certification classes. and But... Yeah, if you've never actually done the job, the paper means nothing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's crazy. Well, BJ, um, I really do think that this was a great conversation, first of all. Um, I don't want to hold you up any longer, but I know that one of your goals is to write a book and... You definitely have a story to tell. Um, I have no doubt that your book would be a bestseller and probably turn into a movie and a series and who else, who knows what else. Um, because you have definitely lived a life. And, you know, I am so proud of all the progress that you have made. I'm proud of the life changes that you have made. Um, you know, I'm excited to see where life takes you and any way that I can help you, I would definitely do whatever it is that I can to help move you in that right direction. Uh, thank you, cuz. I love you. And uh, anything you need here, you already know. Just give me a call. All right. Well, thank you again for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. All right. All right. Love you. Love you, too. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger and check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell or if you yourself would love to tell your story, Leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out.